Welcome to Asset Protection Today with attorney Bill Alexander. Thank you so much for being here with us today. I'm Jason Kong here with Bill Alexander. Bill, we've made it to December. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. And and it's it's amazing to me that it's already December. I, I, um, you, you, know, um, you, you know, now that we're past Thanksgiving and of course, uh, last weekend was wonderful. Uh, I hope everyone enjoyed the long weekend and all that good stuff. Um, it sure was nice uh, to have family home and those kind of things. But now we're in December, headed straight towards uh, Christmas and uh, Christmas holidays and New Year's and the whole bit. <laughs> well, it's a, it's a fun time of year, but it's also the end of the year and changes are afoot in 2024 we've got some housekeeping we need to take care of up front today well we do and and i I want folks to know uh because i know there i've been told by many many folks how they uh enjoy my show and i i want folks to to um to know that my show is is going on but unfortunately um i i don't know well the fact is is that WPTF uh, would not renew my show for 11 a.m. on Saturday mornings. I've been here on Saturday mornings uh, for many years now, and I'm not happy with the change, but it's not something that I can do anything about. Uh, I want to assure people that uh, my show uh, will go on, but uh, un- unfortunately today I cannot tell folks, uh, uh, you know, where and when my show uh, w- will be. All I know is that I will uh, have uh, a show, it'll be available. Uh, I'm just not sure the time that my show will air. And I'm, I'm not happy that they're changing the time of my show because I like 11 o'clock on Saturday mornings. I've, I've loved being here at this time, uh, and uh, I'm upset about moving. But at the same time, uh, I enjoy this show, and I want to make sure that it's available to folks who can uh, still uh, enjoy it. So I do want folks to know that I'll be uh, at 11 o'clock on Saturday mornings uh, through the rest of the year. Uh, but come January, there'll be a change. So by next week, I'll know exactly when uh, my show will air. And so I'll let folks know uh, how they can continue to uh, hopefully enjoy the show. <laughs> you can stay tuned uh, and also check out WGALaw.com. We can keep you informed there as well. And don't forget the webinars will stay exactly the same the second Wednesday of every month. In fact, you can go ahead and register for the December webinars right now. They're happening Wednesday, December 13th. Go to WGALaw.com. Click on the Seminars button at the top of the page. If you're unfamiliar with these webinars, the second Wednesday of every month, Bill and WG Alexander and Associates put on free educational webinars there's absolutely zero cost associated with these webinars but if you want to learn more about long-term care and the financial assistance available for the high costs of long-term care whether it's medicaid or va benefits you can learn about that you can also learn about asset protection and trust planning go to wgalaw.com 
com and click on the seminars button at the top of the page. All right, Bill, let's get to the fun stuff. Well, you know, it's December. And, and the fact is, is that, uh, you know, we had an opportunity over Thanksgiving uh, to be together uh, and to talk uh, to family about serious matters. Hopefully we talked about non-serious matters uh, mostly, but it, it's kind of thing where um, if you didn't bring it up over Thanksgiving, then hopefully uh, come Christmas. Christmas time, you'll be uh, together again, and uh, after all the festivities, you'll have opportunities to uh, talk uh, to your loved ones uh, about um, goals in terms of uh, long-term issues, in terms of uh, how people want to live, the assistance that they might need, how you can help them stay independent. Uh, or it may be that you're on the receiving end and you need to talk to your children about how to help you uh, stay independent and in control uh, just as, as long as possible. And part of that um, are, it would be having good legal documents. Uh, one of the big uh, things that we talk about on this show is the fact uh, of how important good legal documents are and the fact that most seniors don't have the documents that they actually need as seniors. And and so, uh, frankly, and they might say, well, I had an attorney do them. Uh, and I will say, okay, some of your documents are probably going to be okay, but there are a few documents that you may not have, and some of the documents that you have, you could improve significantly, and it will make a huge difference, uh, assuming that at some point your loved ones uh, will have long-term care issues uh, where you could do something about it and and make a huge difference in terms of asset protection and getting financial assistance uh, and the like. And uh, part of this show, I, I will be talking about the power of the right and good legal documents, uh, particularly for seniors. But I wanted to start the show with the fact that here we are in early December, and there are opportunities that because we're at the end of the year and soon we'll be at the beginning of another year, uh, we have opportunities in planning uh, that, you, you know, you may not have done anything about it, but you may want to, to take the opportunity uh, to do some things that maybe you haven't done in the past or, you know, it's like you don't know what you don't know. Uh, That's, uh, you know, that's the thing about good planning and having good advisors around you so that you know options that you could take. But you're still the decision maker. You're still the one who's in charge and one who has to take the steps forward uh, to make a, a, a difference for yourself and your family. So um, what are some of the opportunities uh, that you have? Well, everybody will, will say 
there are end of year tax planning opportunities in terms of uh, and some of the no brainer things is if you have sufficient monies to uh, contribute to the maximum your retirement plans uh, that uh, obviously can uh, reduce your income taxes because you don't pay income tax on the money that is contributed to a regular retirement plan. But for those who have large retirement plans and they're not contributing to them anymore, in other words, you're retired, uh, and, and, you know, once you're past 59 and a half, uh, you can take distributions from your retirement plan, even though you don't have to. You don't have required distributions until you're 73, uh, but the fact is, is that for, for some folks, it makes sense to take distributions. Well, I mean, for one thing, uh, taking distributions while delaying Social Security um, uh, can be beneficial to a lot of folks. Uh, and that's something that you might want to get some more information about. But you know, once you're 62, you can take Social Security, but every year you delay, you get a guaranteed 8% increase in that distribution, which can make a huge difference to you in your later retirement years. So if you're in good health, I mean, because Social Security is, is basically a gamble on uh, how long you live. So if you're expecting... Uh, uh, and things look like you're going to have a normal life expectancy or beyond delaying Social Security uh, to your full retirement age or even to age 70 can can be quite beneficial. But uh, that's not necessarily a December opportunity, but uh, for a lot of folks um, now it actually helps um, to take more than required distributions, or if, you, if, you, if you're not 73 yet, then to do Roth conversions after you are retired and your income is lower than what it was when you were working. Uh, but it, uh, it's, in essence, your income is stable. And so what that means for most folks is that your income is going to go, your income tax um, is actually going to go up for the survivor. A lot of folks don't realize that a surviving spouse uh, is almost always, not always, but almost always pushed into a higher tax bracket than, than the bracket they were in uh, while both spouses uh, were alive and they were filing joint income tax returns. The other factor that a lot of folks are not aware of is the fact that we have three tax years where we can take advantage of lower tax brackets for everyone. And so what I'm getting at is in 2026, in that year, so we have this year, 23, 24, and 25, where we can take advantage of lower tax brackets because in 2026, the brackets are going up for most 
uh, of the brackets, three or four percent per bracket. The 12 percent bracket is going up to 15 percent. The 22 percent bracket, and of course, if you didn't notice it, that's a 10 point difference between one bracket and the other. Uh, which is where a lot of spouses find themselves when they lose their spouse. They're at the 12%, and then they end up in the 22%, and they don't know what hit them. Um, but the 22% bracket's going to 25. The 24% bracket's going to 20, back to 28. Uh, now, once you get into the higher brackets, they don't go up as much. Now, why is that? Is <laughs> It's because it's the middle class that gets screwed. Yes. 32 is just going back to 33. 35 staying at 35. And then, of course, 37, which is now the highest bracket, goes back to the where it was before, which is 39.6%. But the fact is that the brackets for most of us will increase either 3 or 4%. Uh, in 2026, barring nothing. I mean, in essence, these are the old tax brackets before they were reduced, but Congress knew that the lower brackets were not sustainable, uh, you know, because we have to pay the, you know, national debt, <laughs> those kind of things. Uh, and so the fact is, is that the brackets are going back to where they were before they were lowered. And so the point is, is we've got three tax years to take advantage of them. And for some folks, Roth conversions make a lot of sense. Now, uh, the one of the folks, because I'm talking about income tax brackets, that when I talk about an opportunity, it's... Um, uh, let's. There are a lot of folks that pay no income tax, and it's like, well, we don't even need to file an income tax return. But if you're not filing an income tax return, or you're you're at the very lowest bracket, but you have uh, an IRA, you have a traditional IRA, and you know you're taking minimum required distributions. What you really need to do is to look at your bracket. Uh, and, and what I mean by that is, is uh, the ten percent bracket uh, next year will go up to eleven thousand six hundred dollars. This year it's eleven thousand. So let's say that you have no taxable income. Uh, well, the fact is, is that you might even be minus uh, <laughs> as far as that goes. But the point is, if you if you have, let's say you have a $50,000 IRA and you've taken your minimum required distribution and you still have no taxable income, why wouldn't you take another $11,000 because you're not paying, you know, hardly any income tax on it? Um, and, you know, you can't beat taking retirement accounts when there's no tax or the tax is so low it's de minimis. But that same approach applies to married couples. It applies to uh, people in much higher tax brackets because once you retire, your tax bracket is not going down. It, it it only has one way to go. It's going to go up in 2026, and it's going to go up again when you lose your spouse. So the, the, the fact is, is that 
for some folks where their tax, let's say that you're in um, the 22% bracket, that's going up to 25 in three years, three tax years. Um, well, and you're married. So that basically means that this year your bracket goes up to 190000 and next year it'll be a little over 200000 So, but if your taxable income is, say, 150 and you're in that bracket, you may want to take another thirty, forty, or fifty thousand dollars out of your retirement account in order to pay a lower amount of tax. Now, you depending on your circumstances, it might you may want to convert it to Roth, where it can grow income tax free. And and of course, once it's converted to Roth, the Roth does not have required distributions. So guess what? That lowers your required distributions in the future for yourself, your spouse, and your children who might inherit it after your spouse. So just one way to go. Now, there are a few other things we can do, too, but I know we have to take a break. We will get into those. This is some very interesting stuff and things that we need to act on now, as you said, Bill because the tax rates are only going to go up in 2026. So great stuff here. We've got more for you. Don't forget, if you want to go to WGALaw.com, you can schedule some time to speak with an elder law attorney, someone on the team at WG Alexander and Associates. Or if you want to register for the free webinars, you can do that as well at WGALaw.com. Don't forget, you can also call the office. The phone number is 919 256 7,919-256-7,000. We're taking a quick break, but we'll be right back. This is Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. We'll be back after this. Welcome back to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. You can go to WGALaw.com if you would like to speak with an elder law attorney or if you would like to register for the free webinars put on by WG Alexander and Associates. WGALaw.com, just click on the Seminars button at the top of the page. If you would like to learn more about, boy, the very confusing and uh, misinformation-riddled realm of Medicaid and dealing with long-term care assistance, this is a wonderful opportunity for you to be able to discern fact from fiction at no cost to you. WGALaw.com. Click on the Seminars button to register for the webinars happening on Wednesday, December 13th. They cover long-term care assistance as well as asset protection and trust planning. I'm Jason Kong here with Bill Alexander. And Bill, we're going to continue our discussion here brought up the subject of December opportunities, and this is a good way for us to save some money and do some planning. Well, here we are in December, and the fact of the matter is is that a lot of us are thinking about uh, gifts that we can make uh, to our church, to our charities, uh, and, and the like. This is a time of year when most of us are very generous. Uh, anybody who's ever served on the budget committee of a church knows that the, the, a church's 
budget is uh, in most churches is filled up at least 75 percent in December of the of the year and so uh, what I'm getting at is for those of us who are at least 70 and a half uh, in other words if we're turning 70 and a half this year uh, then we can do a qualified charitable donation a QCD now what do you do you basically call up your financial advisor and tell your financial advisor to send a check from your regular retirement account to your church or your charity Uh, now what does that do for you Uh, number one uh, okay let's say you're 70 and a half well you don't have a required distribution but guess what This is a tax-free distribution for you because you don't pay income tax on what goes to your church or charity if it's a QCD. Now, you can't do it before you're 70 and a half, but once you're 70 and a half, it's a huge opportunity. And if you're 73 or above, guess what? You have a required distribution. I mean, I have clients who give their entire required distribution to their church. Um, uh, because number one, it, 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 um, a QCD actually gives you better tax relief, income tax relief than a, a charitable, um, uh, deduction, uh, because when you do a QCD, you're not reporting that income. And when you don't report your income, obviously that lowers your, taxable income by a significant amount so everything about it helps you on your income tax and saves you a good bit of money so it's a december opportunity now of course you don't have to do it in december and i tell folks uh, that uh, think particularly when their churches uh, with their churches is to consider doing it in May or June when churches are struggling for money. But, but the fact is, is that December is when most of us give the majority uh, of our uh, uh, charitable donations uh, away. And so QCDs are a, a huge opportunity uh, for folks. Now, there's, there's another issue here, too. Because if you're a senior and you are struggling with the uh, issues of a spouse, in other words, you're trying to keep your house, your spouse at home, uh, but it's difficult. Uh, you need assistance. You need uh, uh, financial assistance uh, to help. You know, in other words, you're you're doing everything you can. Your children are doing what they can do but you're still struggling uh, either with the finances of it or just the, the work and the stress uh, that goes into assisting a loved one in, in need. Uh, well, this is where uh, another December opportunity comes in. And so for a lot of my clients, what I do in that situation is I move the assets of the uh, of the married couple to what we call the community spouse, the healthy spouse, and I change the healthy spouse's documents 
to create what's called a supplemental needs trust so that if the healthy spouse dies first, all of the assets fall into an asset-protected trust for the benefit of the less healthy spouse. Uh, And it's protected so that it can supplement the needs of that spouse. It also uh, doesn't have a five-year look back. There's nothing's countable for Medicaid purposes. There's no Medicaid estate recovery. And when the uh, the less healthy spouse dies, everything can then be distributed to the children or grandchildren, or as people wish it to be distributed. But it doesn't go to the government. It does. It's not reimbursed for anything. There's no creditor that can get into it. So. But in order to make it work, you got to be able to push all of the assets over. Now, if the unhealthy spouse has a retirement account, guess what? You might need to liquidate it in order to push it over to the healthy spouse's name. Well, guess what? Now's the time to do it. You could take half this year, December, and half in January. And by the end of January, you have it liquidated and pushed over to the healthy spouse's account. So what I'm saying is now I'm just taking one illustration. There are lots of other illustrations. But the fact is, is that if you're trying to move money from one spouse to the other spouse, and of course, If you're thinking, well, what about the five-year look back? It does not apply from spouse-to-spouse transfers. So this is something that we do frequently. But uh, And when I I talk about good documents, when I'm getting ready to to, what the documents that you have to have that, that make this work is you have to have the will that's changed to create the Supplemental Needs Trust, and you have to have a very powerful, what we call an enhanced general durable power of attorney. And those are documents that uh, a, a typical estate planning attorney, they don't know these things. They don't do it. They don't deal with Medicaid, special assistance, VA benefits, and all the other things that we do to try to help families that are struggling with long-term care issues. And so these documents are different, and that's why people need to know about them, so that they can't say, well, I didn't know about that. You can't listen to this show and say, yeah, I didn't know about that, because we, we do cover so much ground, and you're exactly right. If this conversation has piqued your interests and you are in need of speaking with an elder law attorney, get a hold of the team at WG Alexander & Associates by going to WGA Law. WGALaw.com or call the office 919-256-7000, 919-256-7000. If this is something that you have uh, made the promise to yourself that I'm going to get on this for 2024, go ahead and sign up for the December webinars happening on Wednesday, December 13th. Make sure that you are able to attend and be able to learn for free from the team here again covering the subjects of asset protection and trust planning as well as long-term care assistance medicaid va benefits it's a whole lot of valuable educational material that you're going to have access to 
Go to WGALaw.com, click on the Seminars button to learn more. We're taking a short break, but we'll be back with more. This is Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. We'll be back after this. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. Learn more about Bill and W.G. Alexander and Associates at WGALaw.com. Register for the free webinars happening on Wednesday, December 13th. Learn about asset protection and trust planning as well as long-term care assistance. Learn more at WGALaw.com. I'm Jason Kong here with Bill Alexander and Bill you kind of alluded to this towards the end of the last segment, but uh, we're going to focus right now on the power of good legal documents. Okay. Well, I mean, when people think about legal documents when it comes to estate planning, the one document that they're thinking about is a last will and testament. And so uh, what makes a last will and testament a, a really good one? Uh, or you might have documents from another state and they need to be reviewed to make sure that they work. And, and I can assure you that I've uh, seen lots and lots of documents that, that don't pass the test. And uh, there are a couple tests. Uh, the first test is, can it be probated? In other words, will the clerk of Superior Court uh, uh, actually accept that piece of paper that you have, uh, that original piece of paper that's called a will, will they accept it as a will in North Carolina? And um, uh, so the fact is, is that North Carolina can be quirky in terms of, of what it requires. And more often than not, they do pass the test. Uh, but we're just talking about the basics. And so uh, a will uh, needs, uh, and I've seen wills that um, are not what's called a self-probating will. It has two or three witnesses, but there's not a notary on it. Uh, Well, then you have to have the witnesses show up to the clerk and say, yes, that's my signature, and I saw the testator sign, and and that sort of thing. I don't see those very often, but it is important for folks to know that you really should have a self-proving will, uh, which generally means you have at least at least two witnesses and a notary. And of course, in North Carolina, it, we also require uh, language that uh, acknowledges that the testator is over. 18 years of age and uh, of sound mind and not being unduly influenced by anyone. Uh, and that is required language in, in a will. Uh, plus, uh, it also helps in a good will, if you will, that it, it acknowledges that you're not um, actually um, uh, 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 using your will uh, to appoint property under a power of appointment that you may have been granted. And so uh, it's, it's a better will is going to have an acknowledgement that you're not 
uh, appointing property. And a lot of folks will say, I have no clue what you're talking about, Bill. And, and I get that, but I'm just saying that there are legal things that are really important. And, and you, say, you might say, well, I just want simple. I hear that lots, and I'm okay with simple, but even simple, uh, sometimes simple really means that your plan will work. And so oftentimes, you know, the, the, the typical will is I want everything to go to my spouse and then equally to my children. But a good document is also going to um, plan for what ifs. In other words, contingencies. Because the fact is, is that life is risky and life has uh, turns, if you will, that are unexpected, uh, sometimes tragic. And the fact is, is that uh, you want your will to work well you know, you don't want grandchildren to receive property when they turn 18, because you know what's going to happen to anything they inherit when they're 18. Uh, and so what I'm getting at is your will should have a contingency planning in it. So if, for instance, one of your children dies, uh, or become, or let's say one of your children becomes disabled. Do you do you have something in your will that allows for that property to be held back for disability? You should. Uh, but how about grandchildren who might be disabled or special needs, or too young, or um, uh, addicted? You know, with drug addiction, alcohol addiction, or or they're a spendthrift, or uh, multiple other issues that uh, fairly uh, simple, but having contingencies in your will so that your executor that you've appointed can hold property back and and actually place it in a, a simple trust that you have in your will. Uh, those kinds of contingencies can be extremely helpful. It can also be helpful to have language that some people don't even think about, like uh, uh, allowing your executor to uh, have digital access to your accounts. Uh, that kind of release inside your will can be helpful to an executor. Uh, uh, also, uh, uh, having the appointment of your executor and the alternate executor um, with the, that kind of language makes for a good will. And then for those, obviously, uh, there are lots of other options, though, but having contingency planning makes all the difference. But I've already mentioned the fact that when you have a spouse who is um, is sick, and I mean, and, and when I say that, is if you know that if you die first, your spouse is not going to be able to stay at home. In other words, uh, your spouse will be institutionalized if you die first. Then that's clearly a time that your documents need to create a trust for your spouse. Or if you know that no matter what your goal is or your plan is, that your spouse 
cannot manage property if you die first. In other words, you're doing everything. Maybe you have help of, a, of one of your children, but you know that your spouse can't deal with anything, can't manage the property. Well, you need a trust in your will for your spouse, and your children can. Or your children are going to manage things if you die first. So you you make your children the trustee. You don't have to have a corporate trustee or a lawyer or a CPA. Your children can do it. But the fact is that th- these are opportunities that you have that you really should take. Now, uh, there are lots of things about your will, but at the same time. Uh, your other documents can be really important to you as well, and they're not all the same. I think that's a really important discussion to get into because one of the worst things that can happen is you, you think you're set with your documents, and then you come to find out, well, they aren't as effective as I needed them to be. So we're going to get into that discussion. If you would like to speak with an elder law attorney, have your legal documents reviewed. Now is a wonderful time to do that. Go to WGALaw.com, schedule some time to sit down and speak with someone, or call the office, 919-256-7000, 919-256-7000. Or maybe you're interested in attending one of the free webinars happening on Wednesday, December 13th, whether it's learning more about long-term care assistance, financial assistance for families dealing with the costs of long-term care, that could be through Medicaid, that could be through VA benefits, or maybe you're interested in learning more about asset protection and trust planning. Both webinars are free to attend. There's no cost, just a highly educational opportunity for you to learn about some subjects that can be pretty confusing and have a whole lot of inf- misinformation attached to them. Go to WGALaw.com to learn more or call 919-256-7000. A short break and back. This is Asset Protection Today with attorney Bill Alexander. We'll be right back after this. This is Asset Protection Today with attorney Bill Alexander. Learn more about W.G. Alexander & Associates at WGALaw.com, WGALaw.com. I'm Jason Kong here with Bill Alexander. We're talking about the power of good legal documents. And, Bill, what makes some documents work better than others? Well, typically it's having the right document in place and having the right person who controls that document. And, of course, I talked about the will. The next most important document for seniors from a financial perspective is the general durable power of attorney. Seniors who have a trusted spouse and a trust or a trusted child or grandchild should have an enhanced general durable power of attorney. The majority of seniors have what's called a short-form power of attorney. It's very limited in scope, and it's not sufficient. It's okay for transactions. You can sell the truck, sell the house, pay the bills, but it's not going to allow you to transfer property to the spouse, transfer the house to the spouse, uh, be, be able to create trusts or amend trusts, 
change beneficiary designations. Those kinds of things are extremely important when you're trying to do asset protection for seniors, particularly when they have long-term care issues and can't sign the documents themselves. Now, Healthcare powers of attorney are generally okay, but I don't like the ones that contain the living will inside the healthcare power of attorney. I think it's always better to have a separate advanced directive for natural death, sometimes called a living will, and let your power of attorney appoint your agents for your health. Uh, with giving them the authority they need to make those decisions, but having a separate living will uh, is helpful. A lot. Some some folks don't have uh, a medical release, which is actually required by federal law. We call them a HIPAA release because that's really what they are. Um, but that's an important document to have. A lot of folks don't have one. A digital release is becoming more and more important so that your agent has the authority to go online and use your username and passwords. Lots of folks don't have that. So everybody should have at least six documents. And those of us who have a little more complex situation because we have tax issues or estate tax issues or we have a, a, a children by previous marriage, uh, you know, those kinds of things, uh, or we want to do planning for our spouse and our children uh, to give them asset protection in the future, then trust-based planning can be uh, extraordinarily helpful for folks. But the fact is, is that uh, documents are not the same. A lot of the documents I'm talking about, elder law attorneys uh, uh, do them. Uh, whereas estate planning attorneys don't. And so that's, that's the difference. I mean, if you, um, uh, so from my own perspective, and of course this is self-serving, um, I, I do think that when you go to an elder law attorney, you, uh, as a senior, it's helpful because you, you get more options, more knowledge when it comes to things that might be very important to you and your family. Because I can't tell you how many times I hear clients say, if we had only known that a couple years ago, because uh, <laughs> it's really important. Getting ahead is, is the name of the game and making sure that your documents are going to do exactly what you want and what you need. And, you know, there are so many instances that are unforeseen. So. Have your documents reviewed by an elder law attorney. Get a hold of W.G. Alexander & Associates. Go to WGALaw.com, or you can call the office. It's 919-256-7000, 919-256-7000. And at WGALaw.com, you can register for the free webinars that are happening Wednesday, December 13th. Learn more about long-term care assistance as well as asset protection and trust planning. WGALaw.com is the place to go. We're taking a short break, but we'll be right back. This is Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. Stick around. Welcome 
Welcome back to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. Bill, any final thoughts before we head out today? Well, you, Jason, I love doing this show. I hate the fact that uh, next year I'm not going to be at the 11 a.m. time slot anymore. Uh, but the fact is I'll, I will have this show, and next week I'll be able to tell folks uh, where they can find me uh, to continue to listen to my show. But I'll, I can assure you I'll be back. You can take that to the bank. Be sure to... Uh, follow up and stay tuned to learn more. You can also make sure to check out WGALaw.com. Stay tuned there as well. If you would like to register for the free webinars happening on Wednesday, December 13th, go to WGALaw.com now. Click on that seminars button at the top of the page to register for free. We're out of time for today. On behalf of Bill Alexander, I'm Jason Kong. Thank you so much for listening to Asset Protection Today with attorney Bill Alexander. Have a wonderful day.